and we're recording. Hooray! It's uh, our se- second movie of the month? No. Yeah. No, it's the first. Oh, you're right. It's the first. first we just, movie have, of we the just month. have three going. We have this, we have Napoleon, then we have Hunger Games. Yeah. Nice and little the killers. Yes, the killer. and, and the killer. We'll find time for that. Finding a nice little streak of movies. Yes. Something we have not had for quite some time. Yeah. So we saw we saw the holdovers, um, which wasn't at any theater um in town, so we had to go out of town for it, but not that no, wasn't too bad. Which is interesting because this movie should be a uh, wide release. Yeah, it was it was very good. I've been thinking about it all day. I I I honestly, I that's one of those movies. It's a good palate cleanser, I guess, because you know usually we see franchise films and whatnot, and it was really it was different. Well, I tell you what. So, um, I didn't know too much about the film. Uh, it was something that you said you really wanted to see. I didn't know all that much about it. Uh, Thank my, you for trusting my, me. Yes, my extent of the film <laughs> uh, was basically the trailer, which, which we saw. Yes, and one, and then we got into the movie, and as we were watching the movie, and then there was like one scene in, in particular where I was like, "This is not really a comedy movie. This is much more of a drama." Uh, but it was a very pleasant surprise. I think it has I think it has a very misleading trailer. I think if you go into this movie, seeing the trailer, expecting this to be like a comedy first film, I think um, you're not going to get what you expect because I certainly did not. This movie had way more heart to it. Yes. Than it did comedy. It had it had its good sprinkles of comedy here and there. It was fun. It was still funny. But um, no, that that is not a comedy uh, first film. It was way different. It was more like um, more like a Little Miss Sunshine because yes. it was like it had a, like a lot of it had some dark moments like the character essentially the characters are um, so well so the premise of the movie is three main characters you have the the teacher Paul Giamatti who is basically hated by all the students in the faculty um, so kind of a, a bit of a loner at the school but he teaches this history class. Um, there is a student who ends up being like the last holdover over the Christmas break, kind of abandoned by his mother, um, who went to spend time with, uh, her new fling. Oh, I guess he got married like several months prior, but she left, she left him there to go do a thing with, with the, the stepfather. And then, um, and then the head chef who had just lost her son in, uh, I guess it was Vietnam for that time period. Um, so yeah, they're all, they're like three people who are all feel very alone and isolated and they're just kind of stuck with each other in the school for two weeks. So all three characters are for the most part, miserable, not happy with where they're at in their point, uh, in that time. And uh, it's just like, yeah, there's a lot of really dark moments here, but it has a good sprinkle of the comedy there here and there to kind of keep things fresh and not like drown you too much in the, in the negative feelings. Again, kind of like in Little Miss Sunshine, literally everyone in that movie was having like miserable points of their life. Like they're all hitting rock bottom, but it was still funny. Um, Little Miss Sunshine had like one of the greatest payoffs of any film like that of all time. 
Um, this one did not have an insane payoff like that, but still very, very well done movie. The acting was especially on point. I think I think this gives um, Killers a run for its money in terms of acting. Yeah, Just definitely. Because it, it's two different. It's two different. Um, it's they're both dramas, but one's more of a historical. Um, I don't know, uh, maybe visceral drama. While the other one, this one, uh, the holdovers, is more of like a. Like um, it's character driven as character story driven. driven. Yeah, it's yeah. Ca- a character driven, more wholesome drama, I yes. would say. Because it doesn't have to deal with murder and innocent people. And yeah, the, I mean, because Killers of the Flower Moon, the story is what makes that thing it is what uh, made that story so insane. Like the story is ridiculous. Yeah, yeah totally it's, fucked. It's absurd. It's almost like it. You can't believe it actually happened. Yeah, this one. They just had a few characters thrown together. Story is not is not it's not like there's this overarching story that uh, carries a plot. It's the actors and their um and and their interactions and just kind of their growth throughout the film. It was um no, it was hell of a breath of fresh air. Yeah. Um, I I completely agree with that. Just in the sense that like it was. It was much easier to follow than Killers was, which is, I mean, Killers wasn't the hardest thing to follow, but it was, it did um, maybe jump around a lot. I mean, there was a lot of murders, so it was like, there were time trying, jumps. Yeah, there, there was time jumps, and you were trying to get a hold of things, and this only took place over two weeks, this entire movie, whereas Killers took years. I, yeah, basically years. Um... So it was, it was a nice palate cleanser for after seeing Killers of the Flower Moon, especially since I saw it for the second time, or earlier that day. That's not a movie I would watch a second time. I was battling, I, I was having a tough time. I did, I did, kind of fall asleep for a little bit. That's my problem with these really long movies, though, is that it really kills rewatchability. Yes, it is very difficult to sit down and watch The Irishman a second time. Yeah, I, I haven't even I don't, tried. I've never done that. I haven't even tried. Cause it, it's just the idea of putting it on is just like, okay, well, there's my evening. Yeah. Gone. If I if I even try and commit to that. It's it, it's a tough. But th- this one was good. I mean, it was a little over, what, two hours? Like yeah, it was two like two hours, hours, ten minutes. Something like that. And it was a really great story following um, holdovers at a, I think it was a preparatory school? It was like a boarding school. And... Um, it was it had plenty of um kind of like uh comedy um like what's the word i'm looking for like turns to it like there was serious moments that were blended with the comedy almost like uh alexander payne's earlier film sideways which i love they used the comedy just to break it up yeah um but you know when they get the list of holdovers it's supposed to be a different teacher who then lies about his mother getting lupus yeah it was it was some bullshit like that yeah and so paul giamatti's character ends up getting basically duped into being just staying over you know because these are kids that you know the parents don't come to pick them up for the holidays season um so they kind of gotta stay put 
Um, but it, it it was it was a lot different than I'm used uh, than the movies we're used to watching. But it was a very pleasant surprise. Um, the acting was great. Paul Giamatti was great. The kid was great. Um, the person who played Mary was great. Yeah, I, I want to get the actor actresses uh Devine Joy Randolph. She was she was great in in that movie. She was probably one of my favorite characters. I think if she had I I think if she, you know, she was on screen more than I think supporting actor nods would have been completely um in play. If not still in play. I I, I think, think she was you know, I think she was on on uh on screen enough. Now that I think about it. Yeah, I think I think she did she did enough. Like her character kind of a uh, Took us uh took a back seat in like the third act, yeah. Um, when they were they did a trip to Boston, and she went to the stay with their sister for a while, but um, no, like some the probably the strongest scene of the movie was about her at the party when she when she broke down, hmm. like so that was the scene I was talking about, like when that scene happened and she had a and she had a breakdown at the party because it was like a Christmas party, and it was the first one without her son who had passed uh, or died in the war, um. That was like the point. I was just like, "Oh yeah, this is very much not a comedy anymore. This is this is like a real film. There is way more to this than I was expecting to walk into." Um, there was that one, and then there was a scene earlier when all the when all but one of the kids left on the helicopter. Where I was like, "Okay, the plot completely." I, I have no. Oh idea yeah, where, yeah, yeah, I have yeah. no idea where this plot's going. So I thought it was gonna be like all the kids. Uh, uh, causing havoc for Paul Giamatti the entire time. And that's what I thought it was because from when we saw the trailer, ironically enough, last time we were at uh, IMAX when we saw... What did we see? Uh, Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer. Um, that's what I thought it was because that's how they put the trailer together. Yeah. But no, it follows... Only one kid stays because they can't get a hold of his mom and stepdad... Um, for this trip that the rich jocks dad is going to take them all to this it, ski trip. Cause there's, well, they there's literally, like four or five of them literally left on a helicopter. They literally left on a helicopter. Yeah. And it, it was kind of comical and also sad that like every time, time the kid was like, you know, like call him one more time. It's like, Hey, like we called them. They didn't pick up. They're gone on some vacation. And he's like, you know, he didn't want to be there in the first place because he had already talked to his mom prior to that saying, um, like, hey, don't leave me here type of thing. You said you would take me to Boston, which comes into play later. Yeah. Um, which I only realize now. Uh, but yeah, it was it was an interest. It was interesting because when the kid when all the kids left on the helicopter. I was confused because I thought it was going to be all the kids. So it was going to yeah. follow all these, you know, and it was going to be kind of like a screwball comedy type thing. But because it's only the one kid, um, it made it more um, intimate, I guess. Because yeah, there's less per- characters. More personal. Yeah. more personal, yeah. It was less about a whole group of people and more about these three people and uh, maybe occasionally the side a side character the janitor the janitor a couple the, times yeah the lady that works in the office that you find out is also a waitress um during the holiday weeks 
but it was really god they really had you in the What's that meme? They really had you in the first yeah. First half they had me in the first half. Not because gonna lie. because they you know you get you meet these kids, you know, and a couple most of the there's what six of them? No, there's five of them. There were five of them. There like was, they introduced you to yes, the kids. Yeah, and then they had a uh, a meal together. Yeah, like there was like there was uh they were building in like they were gonna have some breakfast club kind of a thing going on. Right, and then complete curveball. Now. So think of because like I'm in my head I'm thinking of it like this is one of the most misleading trailers I think I've ever seen. <laughs> I think I like it though. Yeah, I do. I think I, I like too. it because I we've complained before about uh, trailers ruining movies or spoil it. Like here's the best scene ever, the best scene in every movie. Here you go, put it in the trailer. Like please stop doing that. Um, or just like spoiling major plot points or just like not leaving enough mystery for the film. I actually think I'm I like that I was misled by the trailer. I think it's a good thing. I don't know if it's good for marketing purposes. I think some people would look at this as a silly comedy and just and just uh, write it off and not yeah. go see it in the theater and not understand that it's deeper yeah. than that. Yeah, there's like way more to it. Um I don't so maybe financially not the best choice, but I think for our enjoyment's sake, I think it actually worked out. Yeah, I mean I when that happened, there was a moment of, oh, so it's just going to follow this one kid to like, I wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah. Because 100%. the kid, I got to be honest, the kid's a great actor. Kid I he's great. Kid nailed it. I don't even think, I can't even call him a kid. How old is he? I go look it up. I guarantee you he's in his 20s. Yeah. He's well in his 20s. Uh, Dominic Sessa is, okay. They don't give me ages anymore, apparently. But yeah, I mean, like, uh, the acting was like all three of them were absolutely on point. Um, 33. 33? He's 33? Is it? Am I hearing that right? 1990. I gotta look this up. He's a year older than I am. That's what this says. Hold on. Yeah, that blew my mind. All right, you played a kid pretty damn good. Um, but yeah, because like with you have the, the whole set of kids. Some were older, some were younger. Um, and there was like, there was, there's a lot you can do with that many actors, but then it's just like, Oh no, now you're just down to three. And I was just like, man, is it going to be like really bland? Is that, is that what's going to go on here? So it's like, Oh no, like the kid's got a whole lot going on emotionally and has a lot more in common with Paul Giamatti's character than either of them realize. Um, and you really get into the backstory of everyone and it's like, oh yeah, this is way more interesting than any, this like slapstick, whatever comedy that it could have been with all the kids just causing havoc. You're right. Um, January 1st, 1990. I know. That's great. Born on January 1st. How about that? Um, he's going to be 34. That's fucking nuts. Damn. Looks good for 34. Um, but yeah. I have nothing but good things to say about the, uh, to say about the film. The pacing was fantastic. I did not feel bored at any point. Um, whew, what else is there? Uh, not a whole lot. I mean, um, it's just a movie with a whole lot of emotional scenes, especially the second, like the third act, is just filled with them. Um, very up and down. But yeah, high, highly recommend. Hundred percent, highly recommend. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I recommend I'm recommending it to everybody I talk to because, like, when I first watched Sideways, which I watched well after the fact, it was a really good, wholesome movie, and it was really good in a sense where, um, you, um, connect with these characters. And it's a rich story, but it doesn't have that, like, intense punch to the gut that a lot of these movies have, if you get what I'm saying. Yeah. Where it's like, this got very depressed. It got sad. It did. Because of the dad being um, in a mental institution. Um, And... You know, you feel for uh, Dominic Sessa's character, but it didn't have the sense of like dread that some of these movies that do come out do, if that makes sense. Yeah. Because so many times we go see these movies, and uh, I mean, Killers did it a little bit, but I'm trying to think of the last movie I, I thought of that did this. It's, I feel like it's a lot of the Disney movies that do it. Where it's such a gut-wrenching punch to the fucking chest. It's so hard to come back from. And it almost takes away from the third act and the ability of the movie to reinsert itself as a feel-good movie kind of thing. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, I know what you mean. Because it's so irritating you watch these movies... Uh, like the one that I always comes, comes to mind is click. Cause you have, you know, he's screwing around, he's being funny. He's screwing around with his controller that this remote control that screws the time. And then it's like, it hits a brick wall going 90 miles an hour. Yeah. Sad. The third act of click is so different yeah, and, from the first two. And then it's, it, it's, you know, he, you know, it gets back to him pre using the remote and he goes, you know what? Never mind. I'm going to just spend more time with the family. But it was so intense and it was so incredibly dark that it was, it was, it's hard to watch. Now that might be other people's cup of tea. You know, maybe I'm an incredible softy. I don't know. But it's like so difficult for me to get invested in those movies because we are already reminded on a daily basis with life that things can be shit. Yeah. We don't need that reminder every single time in the movies. I think Click was able to get away with it just because of of what the premise of the film was. Because he just goes back to the beginning. Yeah. That's totally like they barely get away with it at the end there. Um, not all films are able to get away with it. Um, what other films do that? You know what film, what comedy first film had like a super, had like a really great story by the end of it too, was like Bruce Almighty. I think flies another radar on that, on that set. Cause I mean, it was not like the whole third act got really dark, but it's just like, uh, yeah, he fucking died for a minute there. Yeah. But then the, but the scene with, uh, Jim Carrey, Morgan Freeman, uh, in heaven there it was like legitimately really fucking great scene yeah like phenomenal monologue and, and even in that when god man i haven't watched 
Bruce Almighty in forever. It it got sad because I remember he put off, you know, he was saying yes to everybody's prayers and then like the world was ending and stuff like that. But like it still had time and had the gentle touch to to move in a certain direction where it was it was you know rewatchable or it, it was still had a really good message to it it had a good message to it and i understand what clicks message was but like with the holdovers it masterfully is able to blend hey this this part of what was his name in the movie dominic sess's character uh i'm pulling it up only, only watched it yesterday. Shame on us. Angus. Angus. Um, it, it's where we feel for him so much, but he's, he gets to see his dad. He kind of wrestles with it, but he's able to, at the end of it, more or less come out the other side as understanding. You know, you know what it is? It's, there's there's not really a point where you do, you feel there's no coming back for any of them. Yes, 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 yes. That yes. That's what it is. Right. I completely agree. There's moments where you're like, "Wow, this character is really being unkind and really being difficult." And then there's moments of um, vulnerability. Yeah. Like Paul Giamatti's character, you know. Say, you know, he eventually says yes to the field trip to Boston. He finally, you know, there's that moment he gets the tree. He gives them both gifts on Christmas. He says, okay, we can go to the party. And then, I mean, it starts with, I don't remember what the very first thing was, but I think it was one of the very first things was, hey, I want to go get a cheeseburger in town. And that's what they do. They go and get a cheeseburger. And he tries to get a beer <laughs> and then picks a fight. Um, but it was, it, it, it was, everybody had their moments of vulnerability. And then you had Mary who, you know, suffered the most loss out of any of them because Pro- definitely was the only one to like really hit a rock bottom. Yes. In, in the film. Yes. Cause at the end, at the end of the day, Paul Giamatti's character didn't have like that devastating hit. Yeah. He had like that thing where he met uh, the guy who knew him towards the end. It was kind of revealing for his uh, for his backstory, um, but it did wasn't like a punch in the gut necessarily for the character. Yes. And then um, Angus, while very miserable point of time, um, at the end of the day, two weeks later, school is going to come back and then it'll kind of get back into there. Probably come out a little bit more bitter yeah. than, uh, than usual, but it's not like this and it's something you can't recover from. Right. Yeah, there was a you didn't feel like the end of the world was, you know, right around the corner. Yeah. Paul Giamatti's character drives off. You feel good for him almost because he he evolved. He grew throughout the movie. Like he was I was I was waiting for a line of like, I'm sorry, I've uh, what with what happened and kind of a thing where he was just be like, nah, I kind of needed to get the fuck out of here. Kind right. Of thing. Yeah. And you, I think you kind of did have that when they were at the truck when he was loading it. Yeah. And it was that like, Hey, you know, I'm sorry this happened to you. And he's like, sometimes you don't have to say it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, 
it's implicated. Yeah. It's not, it doesn't need to be said. It's, you know, uh, but yeah, I, I gotta be honest the the moment where I knew I loved this, I, I loved where the ending was going was from the most childish thing that Paul Giamatti did the entire movie. When he was being sent out of the office after being fired. Best line of the movie. And he goes, I don't remember what the, the, headmaster or whatever his name is but he goes you are the physical embodiment You're, you are penis cancer in human in form. human form yeah <laughs> and it was it was just off uh what's the word for it off character or out of character yeah enough to be funny and also be uh uh a character, a way to flesh out his character. Yeah. Uh, it was that. And then, um, the, uh, there's looking at the books outside and the hooker comes over. And then when she leaves, when he, uh, Paul Giamatti keeps denying her, he says, uh, you know, my, there was once, Oh, uh, one, at one time, my loins, uh, burned white hot. Yeah. He says something weird like that. And he was like <laughs> white hot. And he just kept on saying it. And then um, Angus was like talking to him and he just cuts him off, goes, why not? <laughs> um, so that was that was one of my favorite, favorite parts of it. But it was overall a, a great. A great movie. Um, I I have no complaint. I'm glad we saw it. It was by the way, I meant to bring this up to you last night and when you got in today. Did you notice how packed it was? I know it was a smaller theater, but no, I did not. I didn't even look behind us. Yeah, but we had the people because we, we were sitting up front. Yeah, we we had the people sitting next to. Thank God it wasn't like right up front. Uh, those seats were pretty good for where they were. Honestly, for even for like the second row back, I don't think the front row seats there in that theater were bad. There's yeah. not. I don't think there's a bad spot in that theater. No, that yeah, I I agree. But uh, there was people next to Shelby. There was people behind us. And then there was people in the last two rows. There was like a, a good splatter spattering of people. There was a lot of people in that. Uh, all I know is when I turned around uh, when the movie ended, I was like, oh, well, there's a lot of people in here. Different story than what we're looking at for Napoleon. Yeah, but that's close to the holiday and it's... Still, it's Napoleon. It looks I, really good. This is going to be the typical Ridley Scott movie of it's going to be fucking amazing. Like The Last Duel? Last Duel... House of Gucci, uh, Blade Runner twenty forty nine. I didn't actually the see Martian. that. The uh, Well, it's on HBO now, so oh well, you don't do it. Do you HBO? It's not HBO. It's Max. Oh, I'm so, oh by mistake. <laughs> it's on yeah. Max. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then The Martian. All great movies. The only one that really got the uh, credit that it deserved was the Martian, but it didn't even get the credit. It really deserved. That movie is on TV all the fucking time. I've noticed that too. Yeah. It is constantly on YouTube TV. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, all the, again, except for Blade Runner, which I didn't see, but all those movies are great. I can't believe you didn't see Blade Runner. Well, well, 2049. I saw, I saw the original. Yeah. You saw it with me. Yeah. Where, uh, Harrison Ford's the, the worst expert in his own field. I don't think he, I don't think he kills a single fucking one of them. Yeah, he does. 
think he kills maybe one. Yeah. He basically gets rescued the or bailed out the entire movie. He gets movie. bailed out a couple He gets times bailed out constantly. No, he gets the shit beat out of him. If he does kill one of them, he gets the shit beat out of him. There, there ha- like, I, now I want to go through this think of movies where the protagonist does a shitty job of what they're supposed to do, but it works out anyway. I just want to find that little niche of care, uh, a little niche of characters that just get away with it. There is, there, um, there's a list that exists. It's not something that's like, oh, these are the best at it. We're just going to find 10 where that actually happens. Characters that got their ass beat but still succeeded. Yeah. It sounds like a Watch Mojo list. It's, I, and that's, ooh, I wonder they have it. I'll look it up. Well, I should, yeah, there you they go. They only have like five fucking videos a day now. Yeah, and a lot of them are like, some of them are shit. Their reaches. A lot of them reaches. Just go back to two a day. Tops. Yes. Um, anyway, you want to get to the rating? Uh, yeah. So, um, for a favorite sh- scene, I don't remember if I ever, is it shot I do first or is it, scene? who cares? So favorite scene, what do you have? Uh, I think, it, I think for me, it's gotta be at the, at the end when, um, he gets called, uh, Paul Giamatti gets called in with, uh, Angus's parents and kind of, uh, puts them in their place a little bit. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, by the way. Cause he, like there were, he, that you could see the struggle in him of, I really don't want to go down this, but I really do at the same time. Yeah. Uh, did the actors that played his parents and step parent or whatever look familiar? No, but I'm sure you're going to tell me who they are. I am going to tell you. You know, I'm. I have a keen eye for. Yeah, these you have, you're amazing at this. The mother is the woman. I'm going to get closer to the microphone so when people listen to this, they can look it up. Okay. The mother is the woman interviewing Will Ferrell and John C. Riley for a job in Step Brothers. How the Fuck do you pull, where pull he those says, together? Where he says, look it up if you want to. I haven't looked anything up today. I have to look up her name. Um, here, maybe I'll. No, just go ahead. I'll, I, let's keep going. Uh, where she's like, oh, what's your experience? And they're standing um, behind. Uh, John C. Riley's behind him. No, John C. Riley's in front. No, Will, Will Ferrell's in front. Whatever. But uh, she starts saying like. You know, what What kind of experience do you have? And he goes, shut your mouth. Shut your mouth. And she goes, excuse me, are you saying shut your mouth? And he goes, shut your mouth. And it's one of my favorite things to say uh, to uh, Shelby when I'm joking with her when she's talking. I'm like, shut, shut, shut your mouth. Shut your mouth. Tell me you found it. No, I'm still looking. I have, to, I have to go pretty far. Is this is this the Step Brothers IMDb? No, it's it's Holdovers IMDb. Oh, it should be the mom. Fucking Santa Claus came out. Well, she was only in the movie. She was barely there. Yeah, but she should be. Well, not that this is a race, but I could. Um, and then who was the dad? The dad was... Um, Dude, she's not on here. Unless she has a different fucking last name in the, in the film. Okay, so I'm pulling it up for Brian. Wow, you her name up. is G- Gillian Vigman. Gillian Vigman. In okay. the movie? Well, that's her oh, actress name. She plays Judy. It just says Judy. There's no last name. Okay, so Step Brothers, right? Click yeah. on Step Brothers. Cast. You scroll down. Pam Grinch, right? Yep, yeah, I remember the whole thing with her name, Pam. Pam. Did you say Pan? Yeah. 
There's How a, do you like those apples? There's, there's a D at the end. Yeah. <laughs> I think I can add. What does John C. Riley say? Oh, I think I can add to the pan yeah. ham. Uh, two M's. There were two M's. That was the confusion. Uh, it seems so stupid. So um, the the stepdad. Oh, duh. I'm an idiot. She got fucking married. Of course, her last name is different. What do you mean she got married? She was in the in the movie. She was married like six months prior. That's why her, I, oh. I, was looking, I was looking for her last name oh. as his, but I forgot that she got married. So of course it's going to be different. Okay. So the dad, yeah, this one should be easier to find. I can almost guarantee you the dad plays the, uh, I think he's like the head of the office in, uh, the American, um, escapees from Argo. Ar- Argo. Yeah, Did you it, find it? It, immediately, it immediately, fucking got it, it. Immediately came up. Got it. Did I see? That's ridiculous, dude. I, I mean, <laughs> like that—that's ridiculous. I'll never, I'll never forget this. I'll never forget the random ass dude extra in nineteen seventeen. Like that's the guy from Game of Thrones. It's like what guy? He was on the screen for like three frames. Yeah, what he played. Mean? He played. What the, do you mean? I know exactly who you're talking about. It's the guy from. Uh, it's nineteen seventeen. He's digging. He's in a trench. He's in a trench. He's trying to fix a part of it that got shelled. And he goes, be careful where you're stepping. Uh, that's that's our lieutenant, I guess, because he got killed. And he's the same guy who is in the Ed Sheeran episode of Game of Thrones when they're sitting around a campfire and uh, Arya finds them. They're Lannister soldiers. And she starts talking to him. And he's the one talking about, you know, hey, I just had a child and i don't know if he thinks he i don't think he knows what kind of um child he's having well i mean obviously because they don't have the means to find out but he's hoping that it's a woman it's a daughter because the daughter daughters will take care of their parents and sons go off to war yeah, it sounds about It was right. a very sad thing so you pull that you'll pull that shit out of your ass and then <laughs> it takes me two years to realize the one guy from Game of Thrones was also the the one the in fucking Pirates of the Caribbean. And I'm just like, oh yeah, that's right. And he's on screen constantly. What guy is that? And like, um, he was a warg, and uh, that was with Jon Snow and um. Oh yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. He plays yeah, yeah. the one with the glass eye. Yeah, yeah. And then um, another 1917 one was um. Uh shit, um. The guy who gives him the flare gun played Fuck, the antagonist. Fl- flare gun. He played the antagonist in um, oh, uh, Spectre. Um, yeah, you don't it's, remember the, that flare gun part is no, the, one of the best parts. I, I it was, hey, when you get shot, you mind throwing it back, would you? <laughs> antagonist from Spectre. Yeah, he plays. He plays. That movie was super forgetful, though. It was forgetful. forgetful. But uh, he plays the guy who's coming up with this new software to track villains, okay. but it's being turned around and used on people or something Sounds like that. Sounds about right. Um, yeah, Spectre was not great. Yeah, well, what can you do? Hey, we got we got no time to die out of it, so I'm happy. Um, yeah, but so, shit. Where were we? See, scene? Yeah. Oh, it's my yeah, turn. Yeah, scene, yeah. So my 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 scene was probably either it it had to be either um, 
the one before they go on break where he gives out the final or the midterm. Yeah. And the guy's like, I can't oh. fail this class. He goes, no, 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 I believe you can. He was fucking roasting those Oh, kids. yeah, he was. He, he really got on them. I, it was either that or the... Um, um, oh, God. Uh, the scene in the... Uh, um, the Actually, it's a tie. It's either that one or the one in the liquor store or the one in the hospital. I got another one. <laughs> I got another one. I just think about it. I liked it um, when they were at the dinner and the waitress would not give them the dessert because it had the alcohol on it and they kept trying to go around get, it. Go around it. And then <laughs> she just, le- they just asked for the cherries and the ice cream to go. And then Mary's is like, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and then they light it on fire and don't even eat it. <laughs> threw, threw it on the floor. Um, yeah. So it'd have to be that because I love the. You know, he's trying to cover for Paul Giamatti, you know, because he's dislocated his shoulder. And um, Paul Giamatti's character the whole time is like, I have no idea what's going on. And then the um, the the it, it it's revisited in the liquor store scene because he says, you know, people of Burton or whatever the school's name is, don't lie. And then he ends up lying when they're in Boston and, run, and he runs into a former student because he's like, oh, I'm teaching abroad and I'm only yeah. here for the holidays. And then they get in the liquor store and then Angus is like, you told me men of Burton don't lie. And he's like, well, you know, and it's just an argument breaks out. So, yeah, it's one of those. A lot of me. good scenes. Oh, yeah. Fantastic scenes all around. Um, shots. Not movie. I, f- I pay attention to too many shots unfortunately damn it brian you're killing me so uh, there's a couple that i liked one of which i'll go through mine because usually you get the hang of it once i throw mine out yeah i just have to like remember that i don't know why i go to you first because i don't know why you always do that (laughs) i'll go i'll go i'll go first next time um it was either when he loses sight of angus um i uh christmas morning and he runs outside the building and goes, Angus! And the camera pans out. And there's no one there. I thought that was an interesting shot. Um, it's a very simple zoom out. But I thought it was an interesting shot. Um, other than that, I would have to say... Um, there was a shot of... Um, what was I... I lost track of it. Oh, that's a shame. I can't come up with shit. There was a shot. There was a tracking shot of uh, Paul Giamatti and um, Dominic uh, walking uh, away from the bar, the restaurant where they got cheeseburgers. Yeah. And they were having a talk. And I just thought it was interesting because it's also revisited later on in um, Boston when they leave the liquor store and they're going back to the hotel and they pass all these stores. Yeah. Um, I thought that was an interesting shot. Yeah. I'm about to pass. You can't think of, you can't think of a shot, huh? Nah, that's okay. You gave a couple scenes. Um, favorite line. I mean, was it the penis cancer? It's, one? it's penis cancer. It's it penis was, cancer. it was just so out of left field. So 
There's got there's definitely more though. Uh, I'm glad you went with that one because my favorite one was the one of him, of Paul Giamatti's character driving Angus to uh, the hospital. And he go and he goes, "You said you washed your hands of me." He goes, "It was a metaphor." And he goes. I know, of course it was a metaphor. I didn't really think after that you would wash your hands. <laughs> and I thought that was funny. So that's my favorite favorite line in the movie. Yeah, I'm still going to penis cancer. You would go with the penis cancer one. It is. It was a pretty funny moment. It was pretty fantastic. And the fact that he stole the guy's yes. champagne. Was that champagne or was it like champagne whiskey? No, no, it wasn't. It didn't champagne. look like no, champagne. it was a champagne. That was that was like that was. But it said a, champagne was, on it. Did it? Yeah. Oh, it was a whiskey. It looked like a whiskey or a bourbon. It looked like yeah, it looked like a bourbon. Uh, it had that color. Yeah, that's what I thought. But it said champagne on it. I know that. Um, anything else you want to add to it? add to the? No, I'm good for ratings. Yeah. All right. Well, if you guys haven't seen it already, check well, out. We we'll have to do the ratings. Fuck! I forgot the fucking ratings. Um. I, I almost jumped up. That's the first time for me. I haven't done that before. How dare you? Uh, okay, what do you give it? I'm sorry I went to you again. Um, I'm going to go with a 46 above Flower Moon. I don't even remember what I gave Flower Moon. You gave it a pretty fairly a fairly low score. Did I? Yeah. Oh, yeah, because it was the... You gave it like a 35. It was a dis... Because it was disjointed in too long. This was a better movie than... This was a better movie. Flower Moon. I would... I would agree. It's a 46 for me. I was going to say 45, but... The only reason why it loses me is... Um... Very, very minor things. Very, very minor things. Um... But border, yeah, forty six. I I'd almost argue it's closer to a five, but as of right now, forty six. Maybe if I revisit it in the future, I'll give it a higher one. But I almost want to give it higher because I don't have I don't have anything to complain about. I don't I don't either. But I but I'm scared because I'm going through this revisiting kick of my ratings, is I keep giving everything forty something, so. Uh, I'm just trying to think. You know what? I I'm gonna give it a forty-eight. The only thing now that I now that I remember, the only thing that knocked me that I hold against it is very minor things. It's not a serious thing. Maybe I'm just being stupid picky, but uh, it tells you certain days not that aren't consistent because I think it was from like day one to day two to day four. Well, I, they they did that for some days, and then they just seemed to abandon. Yeah, it. and then it was like day seven, and then it was day eleven. Yeah, because it went for, it. It's like skipped to day six pretty quick. Yeah. Um. Cause I don't think it was really all that important. Yeah, and then I was I was a little bit confused because it looks like a Catholic academy, but they have non-religious people there, or they have d- different uh, religious people there. So it's like, I don't, that part wasn't explained to me, I guess. I'm wondering if this is based on a book. Because if it is, I would like to find out about that. Because it's, it's a Catholic looking school. It's got a church on the campus. You know, they have stained glass windows in a lot of the places. They've got cross, I, you know, I've noticed 
the 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 crosses in different parts. But they say that the you know the one Korean kid he's Buddhist and then the other one's a, a oh yeah kid of Latter Day Saints. Um, I don't know. So so I think that me so it's a borderline fifty because of two minor things that you know you could give or take. I'm getting mixed results when I search up source material, so we'll just pass on that for now. Yeah. Well, I'm sure we'll find out eventually. I'll find out eventually. We'll when find I out in the Oscars when it's uh, adapted screenplay or if it's original screenplay. Or in the next couple weeks when I walk into a Barnes and Noble and it's <laughs> on the page to screen section. That's how I find out. Anything else you want to add for real this time? No, I'm good. So that does it for our episode on the holdovers. Keep an eye out for special episodes coming out this week. No sports this week. Um, taking a little bit of break. And holidays, we still will have episodes. So stay tuned.